0: Welcome to Wise and Nice, a true crime podcast with your hosts, Danny Armstrong and Kelly Lee. Please remember that we mean no disrespect to anyone mentioned in this episode or across any of the Wise and Nice platforms. We have an interest in true crime and related topics, and whilst we may offer our own personal views on certain items, it is meant to be educational and as lighthearted as possible. The information we present is collated from research gathered from the internet and we reference and credit our sources wherever possible.
1: If you've liked what you've heard and want to join in with us, follow us on our socials, Instagram, Wives and Knives the Pod, Twitter, at Knives Wives, and Facebook, Wives and Knives Pod. We also have a little website where we post photographs and other information about the cases that we research, and this is wivesandknives.wixsite.com forward slash my site. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Wives and Knives. Yes, hello everybody. Hope you're all well out there. Um, Kelly, anything you want to catch up with
0: before we get going on this week's case? Um, I just wanted to welcome our new listeners and our new followers. Um, Special shout out to Katie Adams and Kaylee. Um, Katie said that she's been plowing her way through like a load of work, and um, she's had us on like his company. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's really sweet. Um, catch up wise, just been really busy again. Um, I was going to say it's Monday, which is like annoying because it's Monday again. Like, I feel we totally need a three day weekend, but. We don't usually record on Monday, do we? We had a little, uh, we had to change things about a little bit. So, yeah, apologies if we sound tired. We've both done a day's work already. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I'm so tired. (coughs) Let's uh, do you have anything to catch up on or should we get cracking? No,
1: not really. I am, like you just said, absolutely just destroyed tired because i got up at 6 a.m to go to the gym um because i'm learning how to lift weights properly and i enjoy it very much but still six o'clock is difficult
0: yeah totally but really good effort though
1: thank you i am trying yo. um so, please do share this week's case with me. I've got my blanket. I'm all cosy on the sofa.
0: Oh, excellent. Well, um, yeah, it's a funny one this week. Well, we'll get to it. We'll just, um, we're used to discussing like horrible killers and general no-good ne'er-do-wells, aren't we? So, we're going to go over to Germany for this episode, the early 2000s, um, for a case that puzzled the police over there quite some time. So this week Ooh. we are discussing a prolific criminal that despite leaving their DNA at each crime scene, evaded capture for 15 years. And the German-, <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Um, <laughs> the German media uh, dubbed this case the most mysterious serial crime of the past century and named the female perpetrator the phantom of Heilbronn, or the woman without a face yeah that's right this person was a woman and not only that from the dna that the phantom left at these um 40 crime scenes they knew that she was white and of eastern european um, descent wow so yeah, this phantom was linked to like six murders, as well as a string of burglaries and loads of other crimes in predominantly Germany, but also in France and Austria. Um, but our story really starts in 1993. So the phantom first struck in May of 1993 in Idar-Oberstein, Germany, and 62-year-old Lisa Lott Schlenger was found strangled in her home. Um, The killer had used like a length of wire to kill the widower and had potentially left DNA at the scene. Um, So bear in mind, this is the early 90s, so DNA testing wasn't as well used as it is now. Yeah. uh, The investigators still took swabs. And the sample wasn't analysed straight away, but we'll get to that shortly. So the next time that the phantom struck was on the 26th of March, 2001. And Joseph Walsenbach, who was a 61-year-old antiques dealer from Freiburg, um, a town which is about three hours drive from the first scene eight years earlier. Um, So Joseph, he'd been murdered and he'd been savagely beaten with a blunt object and then strangled with a belt. And there were similarities between the cases, like cash had been taken from the scene and the same unknown female DNA was found on, I believe, like a drawer at the scene. So at this point, the police are concerned because they have a murderous female robber like on the loose, um, but yes. they really have no idea like what's to come because things are about to take a bit of a darker turn. So on the 24th of October 2001, a child stepped on a syringe containing heroin near a playground in the city of Gerolstein in Germany. And that's about four hours away from Freiburg. So it's like the same area. Yeah. The police, they catalogued the syringe and then they didn't really do much with it because, like, obviously it was a horrible thing to happen. Um, but it would be hard to match, like the syringe to a specific person, like who had left this um, syringe, like carelessly. And at that time, heroin was so, like, it was a big problem in the area, so it would have been even harder. But as you can imagine, um, the uproar from the public over what happened to that child, they um, like demanded a DNA test be completed on the syringe. And okay. the, results, um, the results, as you may have guessed, showed the same female DNA that was found at the Schlenger murder and the Waltenbach crime scenes. So the police now had like, a murderous female burglar who also had a potential heroin habit to fund. So they're trying to essentially figure out who this person is they're trying to build a profile and that's extremely challenging for them because this person is just very complicated so they ran more tests and they by in doing so found more crimes that this person was connected to like dozens more um burglaries multiple car and bicycle like motorbike theft This is mad because, like, I do sort of,
1: I know where you're going with this. But I can just
0: imagine how baffled. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, and it gets worse. It gets so much worse. Because, right? I was saying, her DNA was found, like, everywhere. It was found at, like, office robberies. It was found um, on sheds and campgrounds that had been burgled. And even at, like, supermarket heists. Um, absolutely everywhere and she was brazen this phantom like she'd even taken a bite out of like a biscuit during like a break and entering I think it was and again not far from the original crime scene Um, but she'd left her DNA like she was brazenly leaving her DNA everywhere so again like we were saying it's hard to build a profile when all these crimes are so different like there's no there's no of, mo. There's nothing. No else. method to this madness, and the crimes, as we were, as I was saying, were in like um a, a similar vicinity, like an hour away from the original crime scene, or four hours away. You know, but not like my, like well, yes, miles away, but not like in a different country. Do you know? What I mean? Yeah. Um, but then they did start to find crimes in other countries too. And something else they discovered was that this phantom didn't always work alone. So, in 2004, in Arbois, France, a group of Vietnamese precious gemstone traders were brutally attacked by a gang of robbers. And these robbers made off with about 3,000 euros worth of jewellery and gold bullion. And at the crime scene, the police found a replica pistol which was then tested, and again revealed the DNA of the female phantom. So, all four of the male robbers um, were arrested quite quickly after the heist, but none of them, when they were questioned, like would admit the involvement of a female accomplice. Like even when they were like serving time for it they just yeah. to implicate that a woman was working with them and it's so perplexing like you were saying so baffling for the police and it would seem that the Phantom's crimes were about to get even worse and this was like with the most notable of the crimes so on the 25th of April 2007 22 year old Michelle Kaiswetter um, who was an on-duty police officer. She was eating her lunch with her partner, Martin Arnold, at, and I definitely cannot pronounce this, um, at Heilbronn's Theresein, Theresein Weiss Park. And so they were sat there having the lunch in the patrol car when they were attacked by a masked gunman. And the attacker opened fire on the two police officers, killing Michelle instantly with a shot to the head. Um 25-year-old Martin was also shot in the head, and he was badly injured. And he would go on to spend three weeks in a coma, surviving but with total am- like amnesia regarding the, the incident. Wow! So after shooting them, the attacker um, had stolen both of the officers' um, sidearms uh, along with their handcuffs. Forensic examination of the scene revealed once again the phantom's DNA and it was uh, inside the police car it was on the center console and on the back seat and this crime sort of really brought the phantom to the front of the public sort of consciousness and um, before it was just like random little crimes that could be connected and um, but now this phantom was was um, a cop killer like she yeah there's so People were starting to notice um, and, you know, from the police's mind, she wouldn't be able to hide for much longer. Also, they thought, so despite like extensive inquiries and investigations, the police couldn't find the gunman responsible for killing Michelle. And even worse, it would seem that the phantom was showing no signs of slowing down. So in January of 2008, again about an hour away from Heilbronn, the police were called to fish three bodies out of the lake and the men who were all from Georgia um, had been murdered and two had gunshots to the head and the third had been strangled. Now, two male suspects were, again, quickly arrested and the vehicle that they'd been driving, um, which the police thought had been used to move the bodies, was searched and, again, um, forensically examined. And the investigators found the phantom's DNA inside the car. So, much like before in the Gems gang robbery, none of these so-called hard men, these hardened criminals, would ever admit to having a female accomplice. So, it would beg, sort of like, well, it would make you think that whoever the phantom was, that She clearly had quite the criminal reputation. Yeah,
1: they must be absolutely terrified of her kind of thing. Exactly. Like, you definitely would not mess with
0: her. Over the next few years, the police really did focus all their efforts on catching Phantom, um, mainly because of Michelle's murder. Like, that was the, as yeah. well as, obviously, but that was, like, the most public case to focus on. In every country that she had left her unique calling card, the police forces carried out loads of investigations. They offered rewards, and the biggest reward at the time was 150,000 euros for any information about like that led to a solid lead on the Phantom. But despite this, she continued to blatantly like murder and commit crimes. So in October of 2008, her DNA was found in a possible um, murder victim's car. And then later that year, it was found at the scene of another burglary. But this time, however, it would seem that the police may have finally got a break because there was a witness. And this witness had seen the phantom. They had a full description. Only it wasn't a faceless woman after all. The witness had clearly seen a man. So <laughs> the police were now complete, like beyond flummoxed. They had no clue what was going on. Yeah, they had female DNA which had been present at all these crime scenes, but the witness had well like was absolutely adamant that it was a male burglar, and the police even considered if the phantom could actually be, like, a woman transitioning into a man. Yeah. Um, You know, they they were considering everything. Um, Was it a more sort of simpler explanation? Like, did the phantom have a male accomplice? It would explain a few things. Um, She no doubt had connections to, like, the criminal underworld. Or was she, for some reason, planting her DNA at crime scenes, like, to throw the police off? All manner of theories were thrown about, Um, and the pressure, you know, it was really on now. And in January of 2009, the previous bounty was up to 300,000 euros. In March of that same year, so March of 2009, a man was arrested in Germany on a charge um, completely unrelated to any of the cases in the Phantom Theory. And it was a really minimal infraction, but as per procedure, he was given a DNA test, like on the spot. And guess what? The phantom's DNA was present. Like this guy was clearly not the phantom.
1: Yeah, was it? So it wasn't only the phantom's DNA that was present. It was.
0: No, exactly. There was, but the phantom's DNA was there. Yeah, so absolutely. they obviously, they in their mind, they were very confused questioning had they finally caught him. Um, but the guy was clearly not the Phantom and the police knew it, mainly because he had solid alibis for the majority of the crimes attributed to the Phantom. And at around the same time in France of March 2009, the badly burnt body of an asylum seeker was found. And in an attempt to uncover the victim's identity, the investigators tested the DNA and they got quite the shock because their victim was none other than the phantom. And so the truth was finally revealed. And this, like, prolific criminal, the phantom or the woman without the face, was in reality a contaminant. It was the lady who had handled the swabs during the manufacturing process. So, oh, my God. I'd forgotten how it got everywhere. Like, yeah. I knew it was coming, but I'd completely forgotten the, yeah. the cause. So, yeah, the, all that DNA at multiple crime scenes, like the six murders, the numerous crimes that spanned all the three... So it
1: wasn't. It was on the swabs. It wasn't in the crime scenes
0: ever. No, it belonged to a woman who worked at the South German firm who manufactured all of the cotton swabs that the investigators in the Tri-County area used for DNA collection. So there never was like a master criminal phantom like she. Oh, my God. She handled the swab. So basically what happened was, while, so she was the one that handled the swabs during the manufacturing process and thus like left her DNA on them. So while the swabs are routinely sort of sterilized before packing, the process wasn't stringent or effective enough to remove traces of her genetic material. So yes. but the thing was is that these particular swabs they weren't certified for using collecting or analysing DNA samples for that very reason. So the manufacturers were aware of it and it was clearly noted on the boxes. But somebody in the purchasing department had accidentally ordered the wrong kind of swab. Oh my god! <laughs> that mistake led them, like on a pretty much like almost sixteen-year like wild goose chase, uh, looking for this criminal mastermind who just didn't exist. But um, there, it was. I've got a funny quote here from a German police spokesperson. Um, and he said, this is a very embarrassing story. However, they didn't have time to hang their heads in shame. After all, they now had 40 unsolved cases to investigate. Like, for me, that's quite a blasé statement when around 40 cases had to restart from scratch because, like, an absolutely massive Yeah. It was actually calculated that it cost... um, in terms of waste, it cost them two million euros over the entire duration of the investigation. Wow. I and mean, that's mega books, isn't it? Oh, definitely.
1: Like, uh, just imagine when they, like,
0: found out, though. Oh, God, yeah. And, I mean, to be fair to the police, I think a few people had um, questioned why the crimes were so varied, was there a, you know, could could they possibly think outside the box a little bit um, and maybe have solved this quicker? Who knows? But for me, like, it's such a huge waste um, of money, but that sort of, that figure, that amount is, it's huge. But what's worse is, like, the very real impact that it had on the victims that were, like, Denied justice in their yeah. cases because of the mistake, like samples that couldn't be retested, etc. Like they couldn't legally solve a lot of the cases where the DNA was the main evidence because it it had been contaminated. At yeah, times. oh it's it's so frustrating. I think it it also like if anything else, this case also highlights how much importance we put in the DNA. Yeah, like how it can really make or break a case. In all of that, um, speaking about uh, the cases that were affected by the DNA contamination, one case, um, thankfully, that could be solved was actually Officer um, Kai Sweater's murder. And um, the police lady that was murdered, it was discovered that she actually lived across from a bar. Um, from 2001 to 2003 and this particular bar was owned by some like um alt-right members so um, like the national uh, nationalist socialist underground so not, not particularly very nice people and um, so they owned um, this this particular bar that she lived across from and it's thought that um, they these particular members they got paranoid. After yeah. some, some of them believed that she'd seen them having, like, a, a meeting, which perhaps she'd seen something that implicated them, you know, and anyway, they decided to track her down and kill her. Um. So her partner was just unfortunately in the wrong place at the wrong... Well, they both were, but you know what I mean? He was, like, an unfortunate um accessory to it. Um, yeah. We, there were three of them that had... Planned it all and carried it out, and they, the police, found them, and two of them were dead. It was kind of like a murder-suicide, and I believe they found the stolen service weapons there, and the other one was captured, and he had the murder weapon with the like which matched the bullets that were found in Michelle, and so he had them with with him. So that was like at least they managed to solve that one big case. Yeah. but as a little finisher on this, I mean, I, actually, before we do this, what do you think about that, case? Um, Up until we
1: started discussing the impact it's had, I was like, this is so funny. But real- realistically, when you think of all the missed opportunities to solve actual horrendous crimes, it's so bad that it was allowed to go on for so long? Oh yeah, totally. Like I can I can I can get how it would happen, but it it should have been solved sooner.
0: Oh yeah, I completely agree. I think it is one of those I don't want to say lighthearted, but um it's often retold as a lighthearted tale. But in reality you know like there's a lot of people who lost their life in that in that case like that I've just pretty much you know brushed over effectively because there are so many cases that it yeah involves but yeah at the heart of it there's a lot of victims there and a lot of loss yeah definitely um
1: it's it's shocking because it went on for so long and also it's quite recent as
0: well yeah, it is. Um, there is just uh, one last possibility to consider. What if this was all just the perfect cover story? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, don't <laughs> do this now. I am doing it it's hilarious. But <laughs> um, the casual criminalist does a great write up on this case. Um, I'll put the links in the sources as per. Um, But I had to include it here because it's such a good conspiracy theory. Are you ready? if After arriving in Germany to embark on her career as an underground hitman, little old Svetlana takes a job at a packaging plant for forensic cotton swabs. She sprinkles her DNA all over the product, rendering any tests against her null and void. By day, she works the factory floor, so that at <laughs> night she can murder and rob with impunity, becoming the greatest crime lord Germany has ever known. Amazing! <laughs> I like it. it. Made me chuckle. I mean, yeah. it is ultimately, um, it is a great story and a good lesson to come from. Like one of the oddest and probably largest police blunders of all time yeah
1: the most is there a documentary about this i can watch
0: oh yeah i'll put there's a few things on um youtube and there are some really good like there are loads of podcasts about this um but it's one of those cases that i just really i know i shouldn't say it but i really enjoy yeah Um, obviously the individual cases are quite interesting as well but i didn't want to go into too much detail um because it would have just been an immense can't i didn't want to miss anybody out but i have skimmed over a few um but yeah um loads of podcasts loads of youtube bits and bobs didn't find like a really great documentary about it but loads of um articles and i'll put everything in the source if anyone wants to check out any of those
1: yeah, I feel like I'd really enjoy a documentary about that because you know, well, I, I like a bit of a conspiracy as well. Absolutely. So.
0: Yeah, mm. that's not my usual kind of um case, but every time there's, you know, you have like there's a couple of cases, um, and you just, you know, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't like them, and I know that sounds weird as well, but you know what I mean. But but you do because they're so silly. Yeah but also quite, like, quite serious as well. I mean, yeah. You not a, like... You no know, one twigged that earlier, like, you said that before.
1: Yeah, it's, it's mad. Um, not that this is silly, but I feel like you loving this is along the same lines of why I love Jack the Ripper. Like, it's not silly, it's fucking horrendous. And um, reading The Five, that book really brought home how real it was to me. But the whole sort of mythology and the numerous amount of conspiracies that involve, um, like, surgeons from America and the royal family and stuff and all the, yeah, the conspiracy and mythology that has surrounded it really draws me in as well.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I really Usually.
1: enjoyed that. For like a, it was a lovely change from our usual programming.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm glad I'm glad I did that now. Yeah, thank you very much um for listening to me waffle on about that and um we'll be back next week with um we're going to do a historical case, the piece I think.
1: Yeah, we're going to dip into history and uh see if we can find some good interesting cases to chat about
0: right well until then everyone stay safe and we'll see you soon yeah thank you guys bye, bye.